0: What's in you? You know, once you, we've been teaching, we've taught on Jesus-based righteousness for weeks. Now, last week, I could not remember what I taught. I was about to panic. I looked at Tanya. I said, I can't remember what I taught last week. I feel bad. It was my own message, and then it hit me. We were iced out last week, and I didn't teach last week. So Tanya and I were both relieved. We were high-fiving each other. We both had not lost it, and and we were excited. And the week before that, John ministered. But other than that, we had been, I think, three or four weeks on Jesus-based righteousness, the gift of righteousness. And once you get a grasp that you are righteous because of Jesus— And that it's not just dependent on your works, but your works come out of you being righteous. The next thing that happens is you want to serve because all of your disqualifiers that you had in your head of why you can't help in the church suddenly been removed. And so then people are like, I'm ready to roll. I mean, I'm ready to do something in the body of Christ. And so that's kind of what we want to cover tonight is your desire to be used by God. So with that, we're going to read a lot of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you'll turn there, for those of you on a device, I'll be reading out of the NIV. I know, I do it just for you, Billy. You know, and it just amazes me how God brings people into the church into the body of Christ that we serve here with gifts and talents and, and since Billy's mouthing up here, um, you know, I, she came in and, and it if you ever walk into her house, you'll just know this girl can decorate. She can make out of junk. You love to junk. Junk's a legal word. Junkin. It's in the eye of the beholder. She can take this stuff and she can put it together. and It is so cute. And if y'all have noticed, our foyer right now is, is decorated, you know, for Valentine's Day. And it's just little things here and there. And she just puts it all together. And if I put it out there, you wouldn't even notice it. But she puts enough stuff together in, a, in that big space. Uh, she just knows how to put it. You know what? That is an important part of the ministry. She does the, the, the platform as well for Christmas, well, every holiday. And she never really asked for that position. Uh, she was just kind of drafted. And we do draft here if necessary, so you're better off to volunteer. But I, lo- I thought of her when I, I read some of these passages today, because what's in you and how can it be used for the kingdom of God? And so many times we think what's in us, our gifts, our talents. First of all, we've been taught not to value what's in us because we don't want to get in pride. But there's a fine line there. We need to know what's in us, and we need to know how to use it for God's glory. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 4. Now, we're not going to cover the gifts of the Spirit tonight, so when I just read over them, uh, just know we'll cover those uh, in depth at a different time. He says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation tongues. These are the gifts of the spirit. These are manifestations of the spirit that happen for the benefit of the body of Christ at the will of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Verse 11. All these are the work of, of one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one just as he determines the body is a unit though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many they form one body so it is with Christ so each one of us is gifted in different ways but yet it's by the same spirit it's by the same God, it's, it's for the same purpose, but we're different. For we, verse 13, were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason Cease to be part of the body. And this is, this is the trouble <laughs> with people. Because I can't teach like so-and-so, or because I can't sing, If I, what was the joke Ken told? Uh, because I can't sing like Tina, you know, you think that your part is not important. No, you're just not the foot. You're just not the foot. But you can't say you're not part of the body because you are part of the body. And that's what he's trying to get across here. Every single one of us are important in the body of Christ and have a part to play. Where did I get to? Verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? You know, if if everybody was Wes, somebody's not needed. We got a Wes. We got a Wes. We don't need another Wes. You got a Susan, you don't need another Susan. You probably don't want another Susan. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body. He picked you and put in you for his use what he put in you because he needed it. No matter what no matter how insignificant you may think that is, God needed it or he would not. And that's what I love about these baby dedications. You know, when we're dedicating a baby, we always mention what God has already put in them and that the parents would have wisdom to develop that and to bring out those gifts and talents for the, for the kingdom of God because you were born with something that God needed. God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. This is the beauty of the body of Christ, that we should have equal concern for each that we should honor each other's parts in the body. Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. This is why we work to develop each other in our gifts, and our talents, and in our callings. And, and John and I have been talking a little bit about starting back up the Timothy Project. And the Timothy Project, for those of you who are newer, um, is something that Dad did for, for several years where people who feel like they're called into the 5 ministry, uh, you know, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, they can have a 15 minute slot to speak and then a, uh, some of us who are in ministry will probably try to pull in Mark and and John and probably use some different people can help those people grow and it, mom said the word critique but it's not in a it's not in a bad way it's not criticism it's growth and say you know what that was great but you might add this, or you might say it this way. Uh, if you're willing to, to grow in that way, let me know you're interested. It, it's something that we'll talk about next Wednesday as well, so I'll remind you. But if you feel there's a call on your life and you say, hey, you know, I need to hone the skills a little bit. Uh, I need to see. It may just be to see if it's something that you're called to do. That's Okay. We're here to grow, and it's something we want to cultivate in this ministry is bring people to their full potential. So if one, I don't even know how I got there, honoring each other. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I don't know about y'all, but that did not sound like there's very many exceptions there. You are a part of it. You may not be an active part of it, but it's not because there's not something in you. It's just because you haven't activated it yet. Verse 28 says, And in the church God has appointed first of all apostles, Second, prophets, third, teachers, then workings of miracles. Also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. No, we don't all do each one of these things but we desire to do whatever God wants to use us for. God has put something in you. He's graced you. He's put his favor on the gifts that are on the inside of you and discovering and cultivating what you can do, what's in you is what's going to bring you joy and satisfaction. If you get bored in your Christianity, it's because you haven't stirred up and used what God's placed in you. What we have to remember is that we want to grow into our gift. And, and this, here's where we have to be careful. Because when we know what our gifting is, sometimes the waiting part is difficult. And I loved the book Bob Yandian talked about, and I, I wish I'd have thought and got enough ordered for next week. I don't know if he can get them here for me that quick or not. I might have to have tenure John call their office and check but he talked about the little red book I think y'all got it Uh, what was it called Um, some God's will will find you oh thank you Jimmy because he talks about the will of God for your life finding you when you're when you're working when you're doing something when you're volunteering when you're when you're active in your faith it really, that's kind of how you find out what you're called to do when you're doing something. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing to me, and you think back about when, when Jesus was, was walking the, the shoreline and he looked at the fishermen. He looked at fishermen. Are you ready for the next part? <laughs> he said, come off the lake, Rusty, because I'm going to make you fisher of men. <laughs> You just you walked right into it. You did. You know what he did? He said, hey, these guys are good at catching something. I'm going to use that. Well, all I do is blah, blah, blah. Great. How can God use that? All I'm good at is golf. Great. How can God use that? Well, I'm just a teacher. Great. How can God use that in the kingdom? And that's what he did. He looked at those fishermen. He said, come follow me, and I'll take what you do and bring people into the kingdom with it. Come follow me. I'll make you fisher of men. So you just put that where you are. Who are you? What's in you? Great. God can use that. If you come follow him. He will make use of what he's put in you and even what you love to do. And and I can't get over the example of, of dad uh, when he was in his younger years and he loved to rope. I don't know if y'all knew my dad or not, but he loved to calf rope. And he wasn't going to church at the time and he was married to a Baptist girl and so she she went to church. She just decided she's going to go to church, and he would either go or he wouldn't go. And so she actually got filled with the Holy Spirit before before Dad did, and he was assembly a God boy. And uh, so he got to watching my brother. I have a brother that's three and a half years older than me. And when David started walking with a pick and string, which is what you tie the calf's feet together with, in his mouth, and uh, walking like my dad as a cowboy and the the rodeo world at the time was very rough and dad thought "Mm, I don't want him in that world so dad lays laid down his ropes he laid down his rope and he eventually got in church and of course then it was it was all over Uh, he was he was in ministry pretty quick but then God God let him pick back up his rope And have a cowboy ministry and travel all over the United States ministering to cowboys. So, you know, that's beautiful to me. And it's a great example of God using what you love, what you enjoy for the kingdom of God. He'll he'll find a way. If you're willing, he'll find a way. And then you'll get to enjoy the gift that he's put in you we talked about growing, I don't know how I got off on that, but we talked about growing into your gift. I don't know if you remember last Sunday when uh, Cindy had given a word, and, and, I, and I said this, I don't know why I said it, uh, probably preparing for tonight, but I said, you know, we don't just hand the mic over to somebody. I've known her, I don't even know how many years I've known her, um, a lot, 30 probably 30 years or so. So, you know, when she came up and said, you know, this is what I'm getting. I have watched her, I know her. So, I handed her the mic. And then I said we're protective of the pulpit and and this is the way I was taught to see that that when I say we're protective of the pulpit, it's not anything against the person that's wanting the mic. It's it's actually not just protecting the hearer; it's protecting the person who's wanting the mic. As we grow into our graces, as we grow into the the things that God's called us to do, don't um, don't despise that protection. That's that's our responsibility to protect. And so anybody that you see with a microphone, uh, to the best of our knowledge, you know, we've watched and and protected. And so please remember that as we're talking about these things next week, that it is protection not just for the hearer, but it's also to protect the person that's asking for the mic. So, you know, what do you do if you think you have a word from the Lord or you think something uh, is coming to you, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, come to me privately. Come to me privately. Tell me what it is. And probably for a while, uh, I'm going to say, you know, if I, if I say anything, I'll say it over the mic. I, I may not hand you the mic. I mean, I, I, I told Cindy, you go ahead and lay hands on the people, you know. But that's because of the years and years and years of experience that we've had. And that is just for the protection of everybody involved. I, I love something that Rick Renner wrote. And if y'all will give me the minutes to read it here i think it's excellent it's on uh, the passage in first timothy 5:22 and this is one of his explanations of it he said new automobiles are tested to protect people from being physically hurt in accidents but what about testing potential leaders before giving them highly visible places of power and authority in the church in a business, or in organizations. People are precious to God, and they should be precious to all of us as well. But before we give people great power and authority in a church or in an organization, they first need to be tested and proven. It is essential that those of us who are in leadership positions know who individuals really are and how they will perform in various situations. The Apostle Paul referred to this testing process when he wrote, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins, keep yourself pure. That's 1 Timothy 5.22. The word suddenly in the Greek carries the idea of doing something quickly or hastily. The words lay hands on mean to place your hands upon it in both old testament and new testament times a laying on of hands ceremony was the equivalent of stamping that individual with one's personal seal of approval now why is this important in ministry that we know how a person will to the best of our ability know how a person will be in situation and circumstances because if If I have you up front with a microphone or I have you in a position in a youth group or in a classroom, the people of the congregation assume that you are safe. Now you know why we're careful. To the best of our ability. Because people say, well, he's an usher. He's, he's working with the youth. We, we are responsible for the sheep. And so if we're overly protective, give us grace. Amen. Give us grace. When those in leadership positions lay hands on a person, they're signifying that they believe in them, support them, and desire to empower them to perform some task or duty. Hence, the laying on of hands was an act that was carried out very cautiously. Since it gave the recipient such a high status in the eyes of the beholders, Paul tells us lay hands suddenly on no man. A better translation would be don't give your seal of approval to people too hastily. You see, it's very possible to lay hands on people too quickly to give them the seal of your approval before we really know them and to impart authority to them before they're ready. And I think that's key, giving authority to people before they're ready. Because if you give authority to people before they're ready, you could hurt that person. They could quit ministry when really they were called into an area of ministry, but we put them in too soon. There's a lot of responsibility. The more I studied this, the more I felt it. This is a foolish mistake that produces painful consequences. If you feel God has chosen you, don't get frustrated if you are held back for a while by those who are in authority over you. It is wise and right for them to know you, to test you, and to be sure that you are the right candidate for the job. If God has really chosen you, it won't hurt you or the call he has placed in your life to wait just a little bit longer. If anything, your divine call will be confirmed and reconfirmed again and again as you patiently wait for God's timing to be manifested. That's worth the read. That is worth the read. We want to know what you're called to do. Next week, when you fill out those sheets, it's going to ask you, do you feel you're called into one of these offices? Uh, what are your giftings? What are your talents? We may not call you next week. Then again, if I've known you since you were in diapers, we may. <laughs> and there are some things that it's easier for, for us to use people in more quickly. Don't be let down to serve in other positions, while you are, and I, and I did not mean this negative, tested and proven. It's a good word. That's getting a passing grade, going to the next level. It's a good thing. It's a scriptural thing. It's a godly thing. And so even though this is tough to talk about, I, wanna, I want us to have an understanding. We don't make a place for ourselves. God makes a place for us. Let God exalt us. I put down a couple of scriptures along those lines, one being First Peter 5, 6. And I just kind of picked out the one verse, but you can read above and below later. First Peter 5, 6, out of the King James says, Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. We let God bring us to a place most people in this room who, who are serving uh, in a visual part of the ministry where you see them started in a non-visual part of the ministry serving. And this, y'all, you can apply this to your jobs, this is not just church principles. God's principle works all along. And you may want that vice president position, but, but you, you may start sweeping floors and be the best floor sweeper your boss has ever seen. I remember when Dad was working at the dealership. He ended up owning a, dea- a car dealership, but he always told people I started at the top. Dustin bins, and worked my way down. there is this process, and it's healthy. It's a healthy process. It's like people who win the lottery go broke because they didn't go through the process of earning money. Therefore, they go broke even though they won a couple of million dollars. They didn't have the maturity to handle it. And so that's what we don't want to hurt people, we want to grow people. That's the heart of this place. Matthew 23, verse 11. I'll try to give you time to get there. I really want us to have some good discussion tonight. Some of you maybe share with us where, where you started uh, in serving in the ministry and what you learned through that I love that a lot of our worship team starts in youth group worship. It'd be interesting to kind of see who all has gone through that process, who now we see out on the platform out front. Uh, you know, it's just looking back, you can see, and I for sure want Wes to talk about that. One of the chipmunks, right? <laughs> what well, was a long road. <laughs> Be encouraging, Wes. Be encouraging. (laughs) Matthew 23, verse 11 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Humility is key in leadership. It's key. Jesus said this in Matthew 20, verse 25. He said, Jesus called them unto him and he said you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and that they are great and that are great exercise authority upon them but it shall not be so among you but whosoever will be great among you let him be your minister or minister to you and whosoever will be chief among you let him be your servant even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the heart of ministry. And I can't even, I don't even know that I can tell you every position that I did in the church. Um, man, back when we first got computers, data entry, Yes, Charlotte, I did touch a computer once upon a time. Man, I need Charlotte. (laughs) Now, things are way more complicated, but data entry. I mean, if you've been in the church for 40 years, I probably entered your name and address into that computer. Do you remember the, the computerized paper with the holes down both sides, and it would print out? Some of you are old enough to remember. Do what? Dot matrix. Dot matrix. I did that. That was that was when the office was a closet. It was a long walk-in closet. And you could literally sit in the chair and touch one wall with your hand and put your foot on the other wall. We come a long way, baby. <laughs> and uh let's see, ran tapes, uh later CDs, but ran tapes uh helped run the bookstore. Uh, when we had, the, uh, I taught Sunday school. I started teaching Sunday school when I was 12. I think I taught Wes in Sunday school once upon a time. Alicia, Julie, um, they're all adults and have children now. I was 12 when I, but you know what? A 12 or 13 year old who wants to teach Sunday school might have a teaching calling on their life. And so, y'all developed that in me. So, you know, you just, you just start doing. You just start doing, and then you let it evolve into that place where you go, oh, this is where he was bringing me to. Don't despise where you start. Do it with everything you've got in you. Serve. Serve the body of Christ. And no matter what part we play in the body of Christ, we, we all start by serving somewhere somewhere, and then we grow in our gifting and in our serving, and we all continue by serving. I'm still growing. Pastoring, being lead pastor is new for me, and I I used to get really, especially uh, in dad's latter years, it was really hard for me because everybody missed dad so much. I promise you, you didn't miss him any more than mom and I, Um. So I understand the missing him part and the honoring the foundation that he laid here, but it was really hard for me. And somebody looked at me one time and says, "You got big shoes to fill." It about it about made me quit. And then God said to me one day, "Those weren't your shoes." And I was like, "Oh, thank you, Lord." because of me in those cowboy boots. I don't know. It just didn't just didn't fit right. I can't be Tom Underhill. First of all, I'm not a man. Second of all, I'm not a cowboy. Third of all, I wasn't brought up the way he was brought up. I was brought up the way I was brought up. And so, you know, God really had to bring me through some things uh, to accept the fact that I was pastor. Uh, you know, my gender uh, was was a big issue for a lot of people. So, it was really something to walk through, and I appreciate those of you who walked through it with me without grumbling and complaining. If you grumbled and complained, don't tell me. Um, but you've got to serve somewhere and grow. Grow in those things. Go with me to Romans 12. Some of you didn't think you would be here because I was a woman, and here you are. You had to come, baby. It's package deal. I said, I'm glad you're a woman. He's glad I'm a woman, and I'm not changing. I tell people all the time, I can't help, it. I'm a woman, and I'm not changing. There's no surgery going to take place here. <laughs> this day in time, you kind of have to explain that, don't you? Romans 12. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, Billy. You're welcome. I'm here for you. Romans 12. I'm going to jump down to verse 3. Y'all can probably quote 1 and 2. Uh, just by memory but verse 3 says for by the grace or the unmerited favor of God given to me I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance but to rate his ability with sober judgment each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him for as in one physical body we have many parts And all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on one another. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. Having gifts... I just got stuck on that today you have gifts having gifts having gifts that differ according to the grace given us let us use them let us use them we have them you know when I think about Mandy you probably won't ever see Mandy leading the praise and worship I'm just guessing you may have a secret that I don't know but if you watch Mandy, one of, I think one of Mandy's gifts is her ability to, of one-on-one ministry. And I, I watch different ones that they, they search you out. I can't get to those people. There's always people waiting at the end of service uh, to talk to me, and I can't get to those people. But when I look over and see Mandy with those people, that's an important part of the body of Christ. Whatever it is you do, it's it's important, and you've got to use that gift. Let us use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. Anybody appreciate Tanya and food? Anybody appreciate the fact that Tom Wilkins comes in and has your coffee hot? I mean, we could just go on and on here. These are practical gifts, and he says they're important. Use them. Let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching, he who exhorts and encourages to his exhortation. Anybody know an exhorter? David Holmes? You're you're an exhorter. That's a gift. That's that's listed here. If if you have a, a a way of building people up and encouraging people, that's a gift. Use it in the body of Christ. He who contributes, you got money? You got money to give? You're listed. Use it. He who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. He who gives aid and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind, those people tend to be called bossy. they they're always telling you what to do. It's a gift. Do it with zeal. And can I give a great example here? Debbie. She bosses you you do. You bosses all around it. Debbie, it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> That was her husband saying, if you want to call it that. Debbie is our office manager. She keeps us straight. She, she, and sure we all give her looks sometimes, like, you know, yeah. I'm probably worse than you some days. But you know what, Debbie, you're a gift. She's a gift to this ministry. And, and she's kind of the mother of the office, you know. It's just like, okay, she knows when everybody's birthdays are. She makes sure everybody, you know, it's, it's just these things that she just, I don't know. I don't have it. But we don't need Debbie Debbie. No, <laughs> <laughs> you should have left Dwayne at home tonight. <laughs> he is blessed. Thank you, Miss Stetsy for standing up for Debbie. Debbie's a gift. And you know, when when if if we remind ourselves of these things, look, think about on your job that person who you kind of gripe about who leaves the sticky notes with stuff for you to do, and you begin to see it as a gift. You begin to see them as a gift. Am I hurting you here, babe? You begin to see them, he's moaning up here, as a gift. Then we start honoring the other parts. And y'all, I have to remind myself of this as well. On all of these, I mean, every single one of them is so important. He who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness, let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family. Giving precedence and showing honor to one another. We're going to talk about this a lot next week. It's going to be one of our core values that we talk about next week for ministry. To flow like Christ, honor is key. Honoring each other. Verse 11, never lag in zeal and in, in, in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the spirit, serving the Lord. Yes, we serve people, but we serve the Lord by serving people. And if we keep it in that light, because sometimes people wear you out. And he knows that. And that's why he's telling us, don't ever lag in zeal. When we're lagging in zeal and in earnest endeavor, we're kind of getting things out of alignment. And we have to do an adjustment. So questions for you. What do you enjoy doing? And and I really want you not to answer me, but I want you to write it down this week. What do you enjoy doing? And how can this be used for the body of Christ? Not just those that are Christians, but for the body to grow the kingdom might be a better way to say it. How can this be used to grow the kingdom? What gifts? What talents? And see, we don't even want to write those down because we don't want to think about what we're good at. Because then we we start thinking that's pride. No, it's a gift from God. And we need to honor what he's put in us. Rusty's great at fishing. He enjoys fishing, like could go every day, kind of enjoys fishing. You do pretty much go every day, yeah, Um, unless it's deer season, and then occasionally he he might fish in deer season. But, you know, so what he enjoys doing, taking people fishing. I'll never forget one time he took Lou Boster. Now, now normally, Ted... (laughs) normally rusty's not going to take a woman out in the boat but but lou is enough his senior and a, an an elder of the church and so i was like yeah you know take lou fishing she loves to fish and so he took lou fishing and so can i tell this story is it legal do i have your permission you correct me if i'm wrong okay so you you got each of you has a version So, Rusty's like, okay, Lou, I'm going to get in the boat. And he's got the truck and the boat lined up on the ramp to back the boat into the water. And so he says, all you got to do is you'll back it up till I holler, whoa. (laughs) And so, am I getting this right so far? Okay, so Lou backs the boat and apparently keeps backing the boat. Whoa Whoa didn't work, (laughs) whoa was not heard. Except the woe from Rusty. Woe is me. And so the trailer. trailer tires go off the end of the, I'm talking about the end of the ramp that's in the water. And it's, and it's, they're crappie fishing, I think. And so it's in cold weather. And so Rusty has to get in the water, pick up the trailer. And this is a bass boat. Trust Lou not to go backwards while he's behind said trailer, in the freezing cold water, and then he still took her fishing, in the cold. That's a gift of God. Did I get it? Did I get it fairly right, Ted? Anything you want to add? That's the way you heard it. Okay. Oh, she didn't like it when she, when he threw a fish back. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God can use that. God can use that. So don't discount and say, well, that's just fishing. God can use that. You can minister to people with this. With what you do, you can minister. What good qualities do you have? If you can't think of a good quality that you have, I would say ask your mate. If you have a good mate, (laughs) ask your mate or ask a good friend, what? What do you think my good qualities are? Because you need to know. Because those are gifts and abilities on the inside of you, and you need to be using them for the kingdom. 2 Timothy 1, and we'll close with this one. Wow, I was kind of long-winded. Um, and then y'all can get ready to talk, whoever's the roaming mic. 2 Timothy one five. Paul is speaking to Timothy. Timothy's a young minister, and the church is under great persecution. And I mean, we don't know what great persecution is compared to what these guys were experiencing. Was it Nero? Is that who was, I think, at the time? And they were persecuting the church. So Paul is writing Timothy to encourage him And he said, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. You see how he watched his growth and it gave him faith in him? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. That means to re-enkindle the gift, the endowment Of God, which is in you. It is in you. There is a gift in you, and it is our responsibility to re, (laughs) right, Stephen? (laughs) Rekindle what we know is in us and to not let it die down. Don't let it die down re-enkindle the gift or the endowment of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, which is when Paul laid hands on him. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Well, I'm just shy. But God did not give you the spirit of timidity. That means if you've got the spirit of timidity, somebody else gave it to you because it was not God. God. He didn't put in us to be so timid that we could not minister and be lights. And I'm not just talking about ministry as in standing behind a pulpit. I'm talking about ministry. We're all ministers of reconciliation, the scripture says. Every single one of us. You don't have to wait for us to give you a position to have a place to minister. Hit the street. Go, Go out and reach out. Show up, when John and I talked about this, go grab you a party pack of tacos and go to James Park. Go grab you a bag of of burgers and go to one of these parks and just start handing them out to a bunch of kids. You'll have an audience. You may not need a microphone, but you'll have an audience. You, You don't have to wait for a microphone to minister. In fact, you probably won't ever get the microphone if you're not already ministering. So so do it where you are. God didn't give you the spirit of timidity, but he gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And with that, we can do. We can do. And I believe every single one of us has something. I totally believe that every single one of us has abilities, gifts, talents, qualities that are not being used yet. Rebuttal. Debbie's getting a rebuttal.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm one she of those people it. that have been here a long time. Yes. And in 1990, I needed a job, and I asked Bonnie over there what, you know, if she knew of anything. She said, oh, the radio station needs some DJs. And I was like, I have never, no, I'm not going to do that. She said, please. So I went to the station manager at the time and read on the air or something, and he said, oh, that's great. So I started out as a morning DJ back when you didn't have a computer. You had to be here physically, do everything. And that was in 1990. By 1999, after going through four or five different positions in the church, I guess they saw how bossy I could be. (laughs) (laughs) So in 1999, I was the office manager. So, you know, it's, it was a long process. Yes. I didn't know I had any gifts. I didn't know that I was bossy. But apparently, everybody else did.
0: <laughs> and it's a gift. Don't forget that part. You Thank her. you. Remind <laughs> me. Remind me tomorrow. I won't be here tomorrow. <laughs> Debbie keeps us straight. And, you know, not everybody wants to be mothered, but sometimes we all need it. And so, you know, I ask forgiveness now for any time I didn't receive... The bossiness appropriately.
2: Yeah. Uh, Even before COVID, the church was suffering because of social media and people sitting home uh, watching stuff on TV. What if Kenneth Copeland or, you know, Jerry Savelle or some of them stayed home, watched social media instead of going to church and being involved and getting to the ministry where they're at? That's Uh, true. Since COVID, it's even worse. How many talented people are are sitting where they shouldn't be? And aren't in church fulfilling the roles that that God placed in their hearts to do. That's right.
0: It's so true, Brad. And people will say, "Well, I don't need church. I go to church online." But the church needs you. (laughs) You're holding back your gifts, and that is such a great point. Thank you.
3: We started ministry back when we get born again. '79, we got here in '80. House of Praise, painting bathrooms. Mm. Went up through the different children's church. On, on up so you know, but there was not any less joy in painting those bathrooms right? than there is in what I have done since then. Right. Because, you know, it's, it's just growth. a thing. Huh? It was growth. And, 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 you know, the anointing is on you to do whatever it is you're doing. That's So good. you can praise God and have fun painting behind commodes with your head down in the toilet. You know, you can do whatever it is when the, you're graced to do it. That's true. So the grace of God.
0: So, That's good. Yeah. Very good point.
3: You know, I'll be 83 before long, but the calling is without repentance. That's right. So what, you're, what I am called for that with that anointing, it may change. And since Tom left me and went to heaven, uh, my calling has changed. But the Lord spoke to me, and I'm loving, absolutely loving this, um, he told me, because I was going to be by myself with my caretaker that's behind the thing there.
0: Bossy. My she boss, calls me boss. bossy. But I'm a gift. She's
3: a gift. And I'm your gift. But anyway, um, <laughs> the Lord specifically spoke to me because I'm a lover of people. Yes. My brothers and sisters, we all love people. Praise God. And I feel like that's a calling within itself. <laughs> I don't care what you did, to me, I'm going to love you. But he specifically told me that my home would become a filling station for women. Mm -hmm. And those words, filling station, I couldn't get away from. Well, I started charting my course, Mm -hmm. and I've already started doing that. And I'm telling you, I'm having so much fun with these women that he's placing on my heart to have to my house. It's fulfilling. He's fulfilling that. So Mm -hmm. the anointing is still there is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. But what I do may change. Right, that's right. But it's a I'm good point. I'm not a pastor's wife anymore. Yeah. I am a pastor's mother. Yes, you are. <laughs> I can say a lot there. <laughs> but anyway, it's important. And another it is. thing, while I have the mic, uh, you were talking about people that come to you with, we should do this and we should do that, and we don't, you know, we listen. But never shall I forget when this particular person came to Tom 20 years or so ago and said, God told me we needed to build a big swimming pool for the church. Olympic size. An Olympic size Mm -hmm. swimming pool Mm -hmm. for the church. So he listened, but you'll notice there's no swimming pool. That's right.
0: (laughs) A lot of people have a lot of advice for ministry. You just got to make sure it's from the Lord.
2: Well, the the start now. Um, I say lower, because it's not lower. I mean, because everything, like you said, everything we do is so important. I mean, yep. my pinky toe may not seem relevant, but I want it.
0: Yeah, if you hit it on the bedpost, yeah. you realize it's just how important it is. <laughs>
2: People always say I don't speak in tones. <laughs> if you if you hit your pinky toe on the bedpost, you you probably can get filled quick. But this is always a passage that. Um, that helped me, and maybe not all of it is relating to it, but there are parts of this that really helped me, especially when starting out. Um, what we call in ministry or in helps mm-hmm. is um, this: is Jesus in John or sorry Luke fourteen? He said, "When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee." Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth humbleth himself shall be good. exalted. So I'm not saying a false humility, but right. uh, I think that one of the keys, especially if you're interested in ministry, is showing that you are willing to do whatever. Yes. That's a huge thing yes. for me, especially yes. because, well, if you start out ministry, especially smaller churches, you did. You did it all. Did it all. And yeah. that's when, just like last week, Jody had a problem with the toilet. Well, I was elbow deep, mm-hmm. um, but you know what? A lot of times I looked at that and I said, "You know, this is easier than sometimes standing up in front of everybody, bearing your heart." That's true. Uh it's true. You know, because it seems glamorous, but yeah. I'm telling you, there's a lot of times when you go home and you know, yeah. the ride home is a rough one yeah. sometimes. But you know, there. I remember Keith Moore talking about that. As he said, "You know, I've looked out my window." A lot of times and he said you know digging a ditch would be a lot easier than what I've got facing me right now mm-hmm. but doing those things uh and realizing that I am a very intricate part of what is happening here just I, I mentioned so many times about the camera yeah I mean that's running where I camera. got started yeah. was running the camera and but I was I thought that was big that was a big deal for me because you know at our church nothing wrong I mean with our church it was smaller uh, but we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, you know, we done reached the big time. We're running camera, you know, but, and i look back that now. now I'm like, man, that's just, uh, you can put anybody back there running camera. But, um, you know, starting out in those areas, uh, I wrote down something that, um, when you were talking was, uh, opportunity will find you when you are doing. Yes. So if you want yes. to be in ministry, get, you know, there's stuff. Mm-hmm. To do, we'll we'll find that out next week, obviously. But yeah, um, it's fun to me. I look back on it, and it's like how everything just worked out when you got into an area and you stayed faithful to that. That's it. And how God began to exalt you. You didn't have to exalt yourselves. So. Right.
0: Very good. And and I appreciate John because when he first came here, uh, I knew he he came from a place of ministry. And of course, I don't know if y'all know, but Mandy used to work for us here. Uh, in the office years and years ago before she ever attended here. So um, so we, we knew, you know, we knew them, so to speak. Um, and I would ask John, you know, when are you, when are you ready to, s- you know, would you speak for us sometime? Nope, 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 nope. You know what? I liked it. There came a time that he had been here long enough that he said, okay, I'm ready. Uh, but he wasn't looking for a position. Um, in fact, he didn't want one. And so I appreciate that about him. And, and, and another thing I appreciate about, appreciate about him and Debbie, both Tuesday we had nursery workers cancel, and so I was working the nursery uh, Tuesday. I really didn't need to. I'm only going to be in the office one day next week, and I, I needed to get a lot done, but... We had six babies in the nursery, so I was working the nursery, and we had one in there that was uh, on my hip and would not be separated from me. And John came to the door to check on me, and this little guy just started jabbering at John (laughs) and not screaming, jabbering to John, and I'm like, John, he likes you. That door opened, John got down on the floor, started playing basketball with that little guy, and stayed for the rest of the service. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long till uh, Debbie came by and she said, you go, get done what you need to get done, and let me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. yes, because those mamas needed to be over here. Uh, They need to be over here in ladies' Bible study, and if if we could swing it, buddy, if we had to, if we had to entertain, we entertained, and we ate a lot of goldfish and and uh, goldfish crackers, and we had a great time. Ayla Jane was in there rolling around on the floor; she was one of the babies, and uh, Kenzie was in there, and uh, we we had six, and we had a great time. But uh, I appreciate people in the ministry who don't say that's not my job. (laughs) I think I've worked the nursery more in the last two years than I have in my life. So, you know, we just do what we need to do for the people to be fed. And I appreciate an office staff that's willing to do that.
1: I I was thinking about um, one of the pastors that I had and how he handled
0: the situation. But I had on my heart... uh, a curriculum and a program for some young people. And
1: I went to him and I said, Somebody needs to do
0: this program. I was not planning on doing that. But his reply to me was, When do you want to start? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. if, if God puts it on your heart, it may be you that yes. is calling yeah. to do right. it. Right. Yeah. That's right. And, and have grace with your pastors. Uh, I know just, for example, the, the spirit, soul, body balance class that we're having on Thursday nights. If y'all aren't coming to that, it's really, it's really been good. Uh, last week was really good. Brenda's doing a great job, the nutritionist that's coming in. Um, she's been wanting to do that for a long time. She's had me look over the materials, and the timing was just, you know, there's a lot going on. And so, you know, just don't get angry and quit because we haven't jumped right on something. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't think it's a great idea. It's timing is involved and staffing is involved. Uh, having people, you, you don't just come in. We, we're, running, we're running sheets of paper. We're setting up, got to have sound people, projector people. You know, it, it takes some doing. So don't, don't quit. If God gives you an idea, don't. You know, don't get discouraged. Just pray about it and pray for pray for leadership and uh, that, that all things can come together to work that out. So I lost you. There you are.
4: Something that's came to me, you were talking about everybody in here being different. You kept going to uh, talking about Rusty uh, <laughs> fishing, yeah. you know, in his boat and uh, being fishers of men. This is just all kind of talked to... John, a little bit during the men's breakfast about it. it, it came to me. And I'm sure he's got ten tackle boxes or more or whatever. <laughs> but, you know what I mean, uh, yeah. every, every bait in there is different. Mm-hmm. That's right. But every bait in there has one goal.
0: Yeah.
4: It's all to catch a fish. That's good. Every one of them is a different color. Every one of them is mm-hmm. a different weight. Every one of them gets fish different. Every one mm-hmm. of them has a different presentation. That's good. But they're all made with one thing in common and that's to catch the fish
0: you just gave him an excuse to buy more baits and i really don't know that i want to give you the mic again but that was a great point on the spiritual side and i'm sure it's the same reason that we women have more than one pair of shoes okay i just want to get that in there that was a great point Kyle. i'm just messing with you rusty doesn't need an excuse to buy more fishing baits he has his own bass pro
5: I was never, I don't think I've ever been looking for a position in anything that I've done in the church. I started as a helper in children's church. That was my mm-hmm. first position. I wasn't looking for that one. Yeah. But I actually was a good excuse not to go into youth group because I was terrified of going into youth. <laughs> so that was my reason for starting youth until I was like eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade or something. But um, anyway, I think I've served every youth pastor in some sort of leadership role. You know, and then um, we got started playing trumpet when I was in seventh grade.
0: On uh, the platform, yeah, yeah, praise and worship.
5: And I didn't want to do that necessarily, Um, but it was just kind of like, okay, I'll do it. You know, that kind of morphed into, eventually I was, you know, writing the trumpet music and then I was organizing the the band, the whole band with the chord sheets and everything. And then it just kind of, one thing led to another. I wasn't looking to be the worship pastor and. Yeah. Until Bonnie asked me,
0: and I was God like, you told know what? Bonnie, and
5: yes, like yeah, that is me, you know. Yeah. So, but um, I think that's just important though to to not not look for a position, and just serve, you know, wherever wherever you can serve, and then just kind of let God, you know, elevate you as as you as you go along. It just seems to cool. what's yeah. What, You'll
0: what's discover the best. Yeah. God's will will find you. That yeah. uh, that name of that book.